All right, guys, welcome to the music podcast. Thanks for having Morgs, us. Morgs, Fletch, Slumberjack. Hey, how you doing? Welcome to Sydney, guys. Thank you. It's a good day. It is a very good day, and um, we should give a shout out to Studios 301. We're recording their beautiful facility here in Sydney. It's always nice to come to 301 because the setup is so fucking nice. This is our first time here. It's a There's beautiful, like a, a beautiful fern over there. There's a and nice that, rug that on really the floor. hipster looking bulb globe thing. I love yeah, it. Yeah, the, the studio itself is incredible for musicians, but my job here is just to talk to you guys and we're in the setup that we have right now. I'm in a chair, I feel like I'm a psychiatrist. <laughs> this is this is a room that you they have, have a in Yeah, exactly. This is a room like in Saul where yeah. either you're going to get murdered or we're going to like talk about my life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the walls do have a very We just have to green. swap that up with whiskey and then we're good. Yeah, we so we have three fancy cups like they're, they're the nicest cups I've ever seen in my yeah, life. I think it's crystal too. Yeah, yeah. We'll give you a pub up. We can edit that if you want. That's okay. Um guys, welcome back to Sydney. Um you were just saying before off air. I mean, as we said before when right before we went off air, don't like to talk before yeah. the podcast starts mm-hmm. because we're ruining the conversation. Exactly. But you guys said you just came from LA. Mhm. Um, yesterday morning. Oh, you okay, so how's the yeah. jet lag? It's actually fine. Pretty good, we, actually. Yeah, we're, we are night owls in LA. Yeah. So by the time you come back to Australia, the time... You wake up you, in the morning, actually. Yeah. That's, what time did you wake up this morning? Uh, oh, no, I did wake up at 10 o'clock this morning. I did 10, so I think that's fine. That's all right. Yeah. That's decent. Yeah. First day, you need a little adjusting. But yeah. No, usually I wake up at 7 or 8, which is... That's jet lag for me. 10 yeah. is normal. Yeah. Mm. yeah. You, got, you guys are based in LA now, right? Yes. Okay. Um, how long have we been there for? Uh, we've been touring basically since August 2017, yep. just pretty much non-stop. We did the Troy Boy bus tour. Yep. So we had 35 shows with him across the whole country, which was a sick way to just kind of hit America, or like hit the ground running. Uh, and then we've been just doing shows and writing and it's been it's been really nice. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's pretty cool as well because, like I said, I, I don't know why I remembered this, but I think the first and only time I've actually hung out with you guys for a bit was at FOMO 2017, which like I think two was years ago now. January, yeah, January 2017. Yeah, so um, January 7th, I guess I think, let's yeah. start there. What have you been doing since January 2017, oh, guys? Wow. Let's start for, in February FOMO 2017. Was, FOMO was one of the uh, few festivals that we uh, where we premiered Fracture with yeah, uh, right. Vera Blue, I think. And then you would have seen. Fuck, that seems so long brought, ago now, doesn't it? We brought it to Sydney and Brisbane too, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah, for both. Yeah. yeah. It was incredible. Um, and, and ever since then, I mean, look at her right now, Vera Blue, just popping off it's yeah. awesome it's, yeah. it's incredible to see it's incredible I think uh, Daniel Johns was hovering around backstage too and I he think, was in Sydney. Yeah. I think that that was definitely before you guys released Open Fire right right so he, he actually came to the festival uh, yeah he came to chill with us because we had just been riding Open Fire mm. and um, we were just like come out and hang out and have a good time and yeah. it was really good fun and that's a fucking killer track too by the way yeah. thank you. I mean I'm, I'm two like, years late on that but congratulations <laughs> it was really good yeah, yeah thank you yeah. and he's, he's going crazy as well isn't he like with the whole Dreams Project yeah. well he just jumped up on stage at uh, Laneway Laneway yeah came What's out of a coffin performed a silver chair song for the freak, first time freak, in like yeah. 10 yeah. years or something yeah, yeah. the coffin says said freak, freak show I think. I did actually that was awesome yeah because he, he's kind of based between Australia and LA too right yeah, uh, he's back and forth a lot. We yeah, text, we we text quite a bit. I actually, um, yeah, I didn't tell. You, I I was texting him yesterday. And he's asking where we were, um, and then I just because like he's that kind of friend, or because he needs he wants to talk. No, he's <laughs> just he's he's just the type of mate. Like when we wrote the instrumental for Open Fire, we were like, we, I think we spoke to eight artists, eight artists and bands mm. to do the top line. We couldn't figure out anybody, and Fletcher and I, we, we just heard this name. Down on, I heard this name, Daniel Johns, for the first time because obviously I'm not an Australian mm. native. And Fletcher's like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's try it. Let's just ask The worst him. he's going to do is not respond. Exactly. Right? He, yeah. he, or, or no, right? Yeah. I mean, 
if you don't ask, it's a hundred percent no. Yeah. If you do, it's fifty fifty. Yeah. You know? But and Fletch Fletch goes, Yeah, let's let's do it. Send an email and then the email back, yeah, let's do it. How quick was the turnaround? Like like freaking quick. <laughs> yeah, I freaked out. <laughs> Fletcher freaked out, but I didn't know who Daniel Johns was. I think that yeah. was awesome because when I met him, I was like, Yeah, what's up, dude? <laughs> yeah. So you're like you're probably more in tune with the Daniel Johns in the last five years, the the dance Daniel Johns. No, I just know him as like Dan, as in like the guy that <laughs> texts me sometimes and go, "Are you in Sydney? Come to Newcastle." <laughs> yeah, sure, okay, nice. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, "Sick, all right." And we jumped in the studio. Even after Open Fire, we jumped in the studio a couple times in LA and uh, I think it was the Santa Monica, and then a couple times more in Sydney again, right? Yeah, yeah, and just you know, wrote a bunch of demos, and hopefully we'll be able to finish them with with Daniel. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. An amazing writer. Yeah. Do you collaborate a lot? With with Australian artists while you're in LA, because you know, I'm just thinking from the top of my head, people like Alice in Wonderland and Rufus, they're also based in LA. Uh, yeah, well, uh, I know Allison definitely is. Um, Rufus just seems to be perpetually on tour. Those guys, they're yeah, killing it. What's yeah. Emma as well? We, yeah, what Emma as well. Um, we always when there's Aussie artists in town, we hit them up and just hang out in LA because we love to see familiar faces and uh, people are constantly coming through. So we've definitely worked. We well, we, we always try and catch up with them at least for coffee. Mm, um, yeah. Go take them to like a good Australian style coffee shop, um, we, and yeah, I think we just enjoy um, working with Australian artists because we have the same, I think, musical direction and a headspace. Mm. You know, in, in in terms of sound and and lyric choices and arrangement, you know, decisions. I think Australians are. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we're considered an Australian act. We're we're just more used to the environment, mm. you know. I think mm. American artists are great too, but I think we have to kind of work in different ways to sort of you know work with each other, mm. and bring the ideas across. You mentioned when you were doing Open Fire and you had a couple of artists in mind. Is that kind of the norm, or do you, can you guys have an idea where you say, "Fuck, we just want to work with this person"? It depends how the track starts. So yep. you know, if we write it initially with that person, then you know, or of course it starts with them and it will finish with them but half the time we'll, we'll write a song and have no idea who's going to voice it and then we just send it out to a bunch of people and, and see what, what they come up with mm. yeah. I mean, there are different approaches too we can write with a songwriter as well to help us with the lyrics and the arrangement and then we get so used to the songwriter's voice we ended up having to find a vocalist to match the original demo we, we have you know, got, gotten so used to in our heads mm. so that's a tough part so a lot of the times, you know, we we might not have this. The singer that you see on the record isn't necessarily the writer. Mm. We just we kind of treat the singer as like an instrument, so the the texture of the voice fits the track, and that's just as important to us than it, you know, than just the lyrics and mm. and, and everything else. They all have to fit. So finding the sing- the right singer it's is usually a challenge. Do you have a wish list of people that you guys are still oh, yeah, trying to work with? I got a note with? on my phone with whoever I want to work with. Yeah. Fletcher has one too, I think. Yeah, you just go to uh, like Billboard Top 10 and <laughs> <laughs> So wait for Ariana Grande just to hit you back. Yeah, oh. yeah. I mean she hasn't replied to my DMs yet. We'll wait. <laughs> um is there anyone that I mean you mentioned you're working with Daniel right now is there anyone that you are currently working with that is still maybe in the early stages? Uh, we've been working with uh, Brooke uh, Allies, mm-hmm. and we really enjoy working with her. She's an integral part of Fracture, writing Fracture. She's incredible. Um, her new song, On Me, too. Oh, just stunning. Um, yeah, I think, who, who else are we working with? Brooke? Um, yeah, I don't, I'm not sure how much we can actually say. I don't want to 
you know, we we have a ton. No, of, we're just we, working. No, we're we not have, telling we people have a ton of demos out. with with like a ton of different artists. Yeah. Um, just sort of on the back burner that we've collected over the years doing sessions. Um, yeah, I'm I'm a bit nervous to. I'm not. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's it is pre-recorded podcast, so I mean, if you could say it, and then if there's an awkward jolt, listener, when you hear this, yeah. that means they weren't allowed to say it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Well. No, we th- there's this writer called Sin as well in yeah. in in America, uh, C Y N. Uh, there's this ha- half Russian, half American girl, Tsar T Z A R. She's also amazing. We're trying to fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't had the chance to work with K Flay yet, but we went, but we did the groove in the movie sure, together yeah. with yeah. Uh, on on triple like version, uh, yeah. like a version. Yeah. Uh, but she's just again been killing it. So we're just trying to nail a, a date with her where we're both in the same city at the same time. Mm. Uh, but that hasn't been possible for two years now. It's pretty cool. Like, even like, I'm just thinking about it right now that, you know, I remember interviewing you guys in early 2017. You were like at what, the afternoon slot at yeah. the festival. Yeah. You would just work with Vera Blue, who is now, you know, one of the more prominent songwriters in Australia. Then you worked with Daniel Johns, who is a fucking institution of Australian oh, music. Yeah. And now you guys in next month are playing some of Australia's best venues. Like the, the, I mean, in Sydney, the Enmore Theatre, that place right. is a fucking icon of venues. I'm, I mean, I'm, it's, I'm been, nervous. It's, it's been... <laughs> I mean, it's depressing when I think about it because what I've achieved in two years is <laughs> fuck all. You're running a radio show, man. You're running a podcast. Yeah, yeah I mean, I guess it's fine. Yeah, but it's awesome. It's not as cool yeah, as what yeah. you guys are doing. Well, yeah. I think, I mean, FOMO was uh, actually one of the last DJ sets we did uh, before oh, yeah, we, right. we made the live show. So just after FOMO, we put a, pretty much we put our heads down and spent three months putting together the the live show that became the Fracture Tour, and, and we also toured that on Groove and the Moo. And then the, we've basically almost just repeated that. This last three months, we've been building this new live show. Literally from the ground up, started from scratch, the new live show for the Sarawak Tour. And obviously the venues are twice as big, sometimes more. Mm. Uh, so we've had to make the show twice as big, and that goes through everything, so... Yeah, it's we had been... to reset the entire protocol of the whole set too, yeah. like mm. with t- in terms of lighting, d- setup, and design, and syncing, and visual work. Fletch has just been working in the, for the past three months, you know, head deep into his laptop, working on you know rendering visuals, and mm. we even had to uh, uh, rent an online cloud rendering farm just so we could have a remote computer rendering files while Fletcher uses his current computer to. Render more files. <laughs> Someone else is going to be working the visuals while, during the show, though, right? That... Well, we actually... No. I mean, we're, we're kind of nerds. What? So we're we nerds. have it yeah. set up so that uh, it kind of runs itself automatically. So yeah. from, from... Whatever we trigger. We have like a brain on the stage and we send triggers to that. Yeah. Um, and then it runs... It spits out to the lighting and to the visuals to run automatically in time with what we're doing. Everything's wow. in sync. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah, that took us six months to build because we yeah. wanted to learn the ins and outs ourselves just in case things go wrong on stage we can fix it yeah hopefully five minutes we've done it we've done it it sucks because the the pressure is super high when you know things go wrong on stage and you have to play it off as nothing has gone wrong you gotta look cool but you have to tell them (laughs) panicking have you have you guys seen Pinal live yes Uh, actually yes actually grooving Grooving, was yeah. it? Yeah, Grooving. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Nick Nick came on the podcast I think last year, and it was the first show of the tour in Perth actually. And in the first song, their entire visual setup fucked up. Oh, so it was literally like a Pinal show with house lights. 
But if you've seen the show, like there's visuals, show, there's glow yeah. in the yeah, yeah. dark, there's face paint, the, there's the, everything. The visuals are amazing. Yeah, the visuals, I actually yeah. remember being at Groove in the Moo and like I was standing on the side of the stage and I was kind of just like peeking at the setup and I saw that all of their laptops had individual like plastic. Uh, or like silicone sleeves that they went all nicely in this case. I stole that I idea. I want that. <laughs> oh, so you've got that good. What's that? You've got that as well now. We, yeah, all that, we have like, I think, five laptops that run the show and they all have their own little like slot in this foam yeah. container. Case. And, yeah, it's yeah. Really nice. Is it kind of an organic thing or is it essential? Because I'm just thinking as well, Peking Duck were similar. You know, they were straight up DJs and now they kind of have a live band. Was that, is that just coincidence or do you think that's kind of essential to, to I guess, progressing and evolving what your live show is about? I, th- I think for... I mean, when people look at and listen to Slumberjack, we try not to associate ourselves with like bass music, but that's what people call it. Um, what would you call it? Ah, uh, just music, man. <laughs> I, hopefully, <laughs> uh, just light jazz. Just, just yeah. like jazz, but louder and bassier. <laughs> Less trumpets. But like, um, you, you, with bass music, people don't really think about live elements. Whereas, um, you know, with the Guys like Peking Duck and Cosmos Midnight, they have a lot of vocal tracks, which are great. And I think you should actually play them live because it, th- those songs deserve that, you know, the theatrics on stage. Mm. But for bass music, it's different. So for us, we we rely a lot on lighting and and visuals. But it, yeah, it was definitely a natural progression, I feel. DJing isn't rocket science, I feel. I'm, I mean... You're just a bit limited with what you can do. Mm. And with two set. people rocking a mixer, it's... It's half the time. I'm not doing a lot, really. How many mixes do you guys have? Just one. Okay. Yeah. Well, in the DJ set, it's just yeah. CDJs and a mixer. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, literally half the time, I don't have to do anything because Morgan's yeah. manning the... Well, actually, now when we do DJ sets, one of us will run the visuals, the other one will DJ. Yeah, yeah so that's we get that's like, really fine control. Yeah. And I think that sort of just stemmed out of, you know, we want to be more involved on the stage and that's probably where the live show came from is mm. that... We just felt like we should be doing more, more yeah. up there. You know, we owe it to the fans. Yeah, mm. yeah. I mean, tell me about this EP then. So, Morgan, tell me about Sarawak. Yes, that's right. Yes, nailed it. it. Nailed it. Um, you know, EPs are always cool, fun projects. Mm-hmm. Um, they can be turned around quickly. They can be turned around in a long time. Always takes a long time for us. Yeah, this your always... this EP in particular. Yeah, you guys went. You travelled for this. Yeah, I, I'm going to let you explain this because this is fucking crazy to me. We decided. You know, for, since Fracture EP came out, that was 2017, um, Fletcher and I have written a lot of demos since, but could never finish it. And it was hard to have a, what Fletcher and I like to call a, a slumberjack moment. It's it's It sounds cheesy, but it's a moment where we hear something in the record and we look at each other and it's almost like we in, intuitively agree that it's done or, or this is it. The idea is baked, you know? Yeah. And none of these demos kind of had that. And we just felt, every, every, ever since the first release, when Slumberjack started, you know, the intervals between music releases just got longer and longer and longer. And uh, maybe because our standards just got higher and higher, it just got to this really unreasonable and ridiculous amount of time. Mm. And we, did, we, need, we needed to, you know, I guess, switch up our environment. And Fletcher suggested to just go to my birthplace, my hometown. Mm. Yeah. Is this something that you you talked about many times before with Fletch? Well, well I, I hear all the stories. I you know yeah. I've heard all the stories from from where he was where he grew up, and he would he would travel back. Where like when we're living in Australia, it's just you know one flight up there, and he would go back all the Two. time. And well, well, yeah, it's Kuala one Lumpur flight to Kuala Lumpur and then <laughs> go to Sarawak. Um, but I'd never actually been, and I, I've traveled around Asia, you know, 
fairly significantly. I grew up in Vietnam first five years. Yeah. Um, but I'd never been to Malaysia. So it just seemed like, you know, a chance for me to go and learn a bit more about where Morgan came from, maybe get out of my comfort zone a little bit. And for Morgan, go back to his roots, connect, you know, see family and and go visit some of the places that he went as a kid. Uh, so we took the trip uh, sort of midway through last year and we actually didn't write any music while we were over there. It was all about being in the moment, getting our headspace kind of ready to come back and finish the EP. It's almost um, like to forget the demos that we have. You know, yeah. like just have a refresher because we'd, we'd been touring. We'd been on the tour bus for three months. It was, we did another bus tour after that and it was just, it was getting really hectic and we needed to just go and just simmer down. Yeah. Uh, have some unique experiences, eat great food um, and and go and do some, we did some crazy stuff. We went out, we, you know, we drove five hours into the jungle and jumped on a boat for another hour, just like this long you can't lean too too far, or you'll You're fall falling. into the alligator and you know yeah. infested waters. Um, and then stayed with a tribe out just in the middle of the jungle. Yeah. Um, there's mosquitoes the size of fifty cent coins, and God knows what sure. else out there. Um, the geckos, yeah, man, they're the snake worst. And we, we the bought, geckos. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Morgan hates geckos. A, this this has to be public record. That don't sound that bad compared to fifty cent coin mosquitoes and fucking snakes and yeah. alligators. Well, we ate the snakes, so we that was ate fine. The you know, oh, we, good. To show them who's boss. Yeah. You know. Well, the alligators was a contentious one. Morgan, everyone was a bit hush hush about that. I think they were just trying to not make us too nervous. But uh, <laughs> I think it was okay. But you know, no one wants to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, we have giant mutated. Uh, mutant crocodiles in Sarawak. They're, I think they're similar to the Amazonian ones. Because, I mean, we're on the same equator, right? Um, yeah. And in the jungles, th- these these crocodiles have gotten good at, you know, surviving salt water and fresh water. So they're, they're fucked up. They're right. It definitely didn't help yeah. that we went to an actual crocodile farm before doing this trip and you could see them face to face. And then they had a photo wall. This is so messed oh, up. They ugh. literally had a photo wall of all the victims. All the at, deaths. Like... As like what? just in a in a as like tribute. I have no idea. And then they and then right in the middle they, they had the skull of big dinosaur of, skull. of the Fuck. the big crocodile that was notorious for taking so many lives, and it was very confronting. It was photos of you know entire limbs, and well, then, that's like on the hallway towards the literally. boat. Yeah, no, it's just a hallway to the to the, the uh, crocodile farm. The, the crocodile farm okay, where, sure. where they, they yeah. show you this you know this amazing. Uh, Display of power of this, you know, mm. animal. This, it was yeah. almost it, it was almost a tribute to the animal because they <laughs> there was like there was people leaving, um, you know, they they give offerings to the to the it's, skull and the spirit yeah. of the animal. So it was, yeah, it was a very stri- this microphone keeps running away from me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I was definitely nervous getting onto the boat, um, and then knowing that I was going to be on. Uh, we stayed in in this building called a longhouse. And it's it's basically it's just all made of wood tied together with uh, some kind vine of vine, uh, but it's all based right on the waterfront. So they live uh, there's jetties and boats basically surrounding the whole place, and it's very much connected to the water. But the house also the doors don't really close. You're kind of outside the whole time. Definitely didn't feel safe and secure up there. There's no private space. Yeah, uh, when you live in a longhouse, you know uh, the living room gets converted into a the bedroom. Basically, you you live with the family, your your family. For example, if you're part of the tribe, mm. I think there was like ten or twelve families in that longhouse that we stayed in, and each of them have their own, you know, a room. I would say the size of this 
just a little bit bigger than this studio, you know, four or five to six people sometimes. And you just kind of hang around in there all, you know, throughout the day. The the women would be out um, drying the pepper because most of the livelihood is made selling uh, pepper, like mm-hmm. black pepper, and I think Sarawak and white pepper. And the men would go out hunting and or go to the city for work. So, and then when they come back, they just convert the living room into, they just put mat- super thin mattresses on the floor. And this is also what we slept on. And and you just sleep during the night. You you have to lights out by ten, not because you want to, because the generator turns off at ten to save uh, petrol, sure. and no air conditioning, um, literally no lights, no fan. What's you, the, what's the temperature around? Come ten p.m. Uh, forty degrees. Yeah, yeah. And one hundred percent humidity. Yeah. <laughs> so we took a cold shower in this uh, booth, um, a hut, a shower hut. And in there, we were accompanied by Fletcher was accompanied by this massive stick insect. I think I counted probably at least fifteen bugs that I'd never seen in my life in the shower. It was like a huntsman hanging from the toilet. It was just no, was it a no a black widow? A black widow. It's yeah, a poison. It was like wasps all around, like just the shower. Do you yell out to someone who like who is familiar? With, like just give me a give me something. Or uh, just no, ignore I just. It? Lather tiger balm on and assume yeah. that it's going to be okay. The yeah. mosquitoes have um, evolved over the years to bite through DEET. They love it. What? Yeah. yeah. The only way you can do it is tiger balm, uh, but it also hurts the, the human skin if you put too much on, but I'd rather be hurt by the tiger balm than the insect. Yeah, so, sure. Yeah. I mean, talking about coming out of your comfort zone. Oh, 100%. <laughs> you know, we, we bought live uh, worms, woodworms. <laughs> They're called sago worms. They live in the sago tree and carried them live <laughs> to... Well, actually, they died on the car trip because <laughs> we, we tied the bag up. Uh, but but uh, And then we just cooked them and ate them and um, had chicken neck for the first time. Yeah. Oh, it's yummy, though, um, actually. I think Australians were actually... I didn't, I didn't think that was a real thing. Yeah. I mean, it's very common to eat the whole Animal chicken yeah. um, in, in Asia. Like, every time we tour in China... Yeah, heart, we have we have heart. chicken heart, gizzards, legs, neck, beak, whatever. Do you guys yeah. use the word gizzards? Um, King gizzard maybe? and the lizard wizard. Yeah, right? that's, gizzard, that's, right? that's that's what my head. Yes, yeah, so gizzard is a it's a it's an organ. Yeah, and you can have chicken gizzards. I love it. I personally like the texture, but I think you'll hate it because it's like um, gris- gristle. Mm. Yeah, Fletcher yeah. like immediately like uh, like dry red. <laughs> yeah, like um. Feet and eat the feet as well. <laughs> yeah, we got yeah. chicken feet. That's good. Did yeah. you talk about music at all during this trip? We well, so music was always on our mind because we were recording a lot of stuff. So we had this. Field There's recording. no way in hell that music was on your mind when an alligator is three meters. Oh, away not that. You. Yeah, exactly. That was survival <laughs> okay. mode. Well, yeah. Uh, so um, we we took this field recorder, which actually got destroyed in a thunderstorm. Luckily, the samples were safe. Oh, good. Uh, okay. But we we were recording instruments, so we found um, uh, a sape player. So the sape is like a an ancient uh, ancient uh, type of lute guitar esque instrument. Um, there was a lot of gongs and a lot of just ambience as well from the jungle. Like the sometimes we'd be walking through and I'd just stop and you'd hear the the weirdest sounding insect call or, or bird call, and and we just record that. We actually put it at the start of uh, closure, the song on mm. one of the songs on the EP. You can hear there's this like high-pitched tone which comes from I think cicadas it's a cicada but it's yeah. just this constant like tone eee, super yeah. high um, and, and all you know, sorts you know of how they make it right the, with their legs right? yeah they yeah, rub it they together rub the legs yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so we just recorded a ton of stuff just to give texture and, and when we came back to the studio we found that you know for example with Closure 
putting that in and layering some of the instruments with the with the gongs and stuff, it it just finished up the track for us because everything was sounding so synthetic before, and and then by putting this on it really grounded it in a place, and that was what sort of ticked that particular track. Made it feel experimental too. Mm. You know, we really like organic sounding material. I mean, you could always go into the studio and record real drums and record real guitar and real piano. But then, then you just sound like a, you know, like a, a, a I guess a, a recorded record, right? Mm. And then we, us coming from a laptop background, now you got all the synthetic stuff where you can mangle and distort and do, modulate whatever you want. Bringing these two worlds together, it's it, it was a challenge, you know. Mm. Same as daggers, you know, having the guitar re- recorded and having a sub bass put underneath guitar. I I don't know if that's been done in the guitar rock world, but when we put that together, we enjoyed it a lot. So did traveling achieve exactly what you guys were after when you came back to the studio, say what, three, five days after you got back? A, a week, I think. I spent I spent longer. I went there a little bit earlier before Fletcher did. Yeah, more okay. than stayed a little while. Yeah, yeah. yeah so we, we, we came back pretty refreshed. Um, and ready to like also appreciate it. civilization. Really. Oh, <laughs> big time, big time. I yeah. mean, what's like yeah. the, the biggest thing you now like appreciate? Uh, showers, yeah, sh- showers. like it, like what's not, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. literally everything that's around uh, cell you, reception, like, air conditioning, yeah. cell reception, clean water, couch, uh, couch uh, chair, knowing yeah. <laughs> that the food you're eating is not. Uh, being like next to rats, uh, yeah. you know. Everything. We don't know everything. that. No, you yeah. don't. I mean, then we're all fine. No, no, no. But but if you if you do get poisoned in Australia, you at least can have someone to complain to, and something can be done. Yeah, what, nothing is done in. What happens? What do you do? Nothing. You cop it. You just cop it, and Jesus. you know, uh, be a man. That's what my <laughs> yeah. dad will say. You know, yeah. Like, oh, you got you got poisoned by a little bit of chicken neck. Like, <laughs> Was weak. Like, I yeah, like stubbed my toe the on the desk. I, I ate the raw. I, I actually had to cook the chicken, and there's some bits at the end of the bamboo. Uh, it's bamboo chicken. You stuff a bunch yep. of herbs in the bamboo and a bunch of chicken, salt, ginger, and you put it over the fire where the snake was cooking on the side as well. Um, but then as I pour it out, because I'm colorblind, I was like, this looks nice. But she goes, that looks pink. <laughs> and yeah, then we're because already the tr- eating. And then the, the, the chief of the village, <laughs> the, he, is, was, there and I was, he like, was like serving it to us. And I was just like, eat, oh man, man I, can't, I, was like, I can't, I can't. No. And then everyone else was eating it. So I was like, that is 100%. Hey, chicken's a sheep. I'm going to get salmonella. I like ate around the side of it for sure. <laughs> the, yeah, I was like, because- I'm going to get salmonella. And we're, we're literally out in the middle of the jungle. And there's like nothing I can do about this. So. The chief is like... It's a powerful man, so you don't want to be disrespectful. Mm. I, I definitely just I just necked a lot of the the liquor, the homemade. Yeah. Uh, they they brew they brew this liquor called Tuak. Yeah, yeah, um, I mentioned that in the documentary. Yeah. yeah, so it's it was like just in a plastic water bottle. Yeah, it tastes like uh, the thing I would most make uh, compare it to would be like a rice wine type mm-hmm. of thing, but quite quite a bit stronger, maybe like a sake. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's like a sake. I think it is made with rice, though. Yeah. Um, but sometimes because they have tuak and then langkau, langkau, which that's is the like dregs. A, yeah. Hang on. That's no, 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 apple, no, no, like no, no, sweet, no. You're right. Langkau right. is the top. That's like the primo, like the siroc. Yeah, the siroc. <laughs> and then you got your. I don't want to offend any alcohol companies. So you get the mid-tier vodka. We're not sponsored by any vodka. It's fine. Fuck them. <laughs> that's the one you wanted. That's the one you you give out to most people to drink. We mm-hmm. actually had the Lankau too yeah. when we were sitting in the mm-hmm. the pagan home versus yeah. the Christian home. Yeah. Yeah. So the uh, we were served the primo one. We had the more cloudy one, which I enjoy most. The, the mid-tier because it's sweeter. And then you have the dregs. We didn't have that. That's like black paste. I'm not going to mm. drink that. Yeah. Yeah, that's the the, the bottom of the, <clears throat> the barrel. Um, it's called tapai. 
and you don't. Yeah, you might die drinking that. Actually, mm. it's fun though. How long was the trip in total? Seven uh, days. Seven days. No, longer than that. Ten, ten days, I think. Oh, ten days. Yeah, From yeah. But but the like the eight, hectic days, stuff was yeah. like the between. You know, we took like yeah. a day to kind of like settle the crew in, settle Fletch in, yeah, settle um the the men I have like the friends I have on ground to like you know make sure everything is sorted to to shoot the mm. documentary and you know obviously just to make sure we're all safe as best as we can. Mm. It's so interesting, like talking about this because thinking about some of the, the uh, other guests I had on here, like Rufus came on to talk about their album and mm. they had a Sherpa come in the studio with them. Oh, nice. That was literally just like looking at a compass and being like, do this. Like and they just followed him blindly and that's how they recorded some stuff. Oh, wow. And Aoki was in late last year and obviously he's really fascinated with theories of humanity and space yeah. and he like buys into this theory that we're either going to be the last generation to die or live forever. Oh, like really? Crazy that, yeah. futuristic shit. And like that's obviously what inspired his last album. Neon Future. Yeah, we can go Joe Neon Rogan here if you want. We can start talking about this kind of thing. So you got, you, <laughs> you're into it as well? We can get uh, yeah, Rogan. I mean, I, I definitely have, have spent a lot of time talking about these kind of things and read a lot of books about it. Well, Aoki told me he thinks that there's a the, the certain belief system that death will eventually become like... So, something like back in the day, you know, like the little things that when you got sick, you would die. He thinks death will just become something in the past that killed you. There is going to be a possibility that we can live forever. Someone will cure death. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Like yeah. It's, I, it's I, deep. I, can, I, can, I like it. I can believe that. Yeah, for sure. I don't see why that's not a possibility. What's at all. the one you buy into? Oh, it, well, any, no, I don't buy into oh, anything. You're, you're I'm, I'm totally open. I know there's no possible way in the world that we could know what's going to happen. I just believe that. The stuff that's going to happen in the future, our minds just can't comprehend it because mm. we're not set up. You know, we spent our whole life living in this world with these rules and this society. There's, it's very difficult for us to imagine what it, what what it could be like. Mm. Yeah. Do you think like we're talking tens of years, hundreds of years, thousands? I don't know. I mean, I'm just blown away by the iPhone. So, <laughs> you know, as in the first one or like now, like the uh, what are we up it. to now? I mean, 11, 10. 11, 10, 10, 10, yeah. 10. 10 X, actually. Uh, but uh, not sponsored by Apple. I mean. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if I woke up tomorrow and there's a headline that someone's tweaked something and discovered how to finish death or aging, yeah. stop aging, you know, that that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. But it could also take a hundred years. Yeah. Yeah. So how does something like traveling to a place like Sarawak, hmm. did I say that right? I think close. I watched it. Damn it! <laughs> I was so close. But how does traveling somewhere like there kind of change your mindset and focus on something like music? I mean, forget the music side of things. That's... That's life changing an experience we, like that. Fletch and I are peop uh the type of people that hardly live in the present. We live in the future. Hmm. Right? I mean that's a saying that's a saying, um I think it's by Lao Tzu. If you if you live in the past you suffer from depression. If you live in the future, you suffer from anxiety. If you live in the present, then you are at peace. That's what we wanted to do with this trip. We mm. always live in the future. Fletcher and I are always talking about the future and the future, you know, what this track is going to do and, you know, the next step for Slumberjack. And, but writing music is such a present thing, right? You got to be in the zone to get in the flow to write something good from the heart. And you got to be writing by something you're inspired about right exactly. now. Exactly. And yeah. you're not writing for the future. I mean, but we, we, inevitably, I think every artist do. And in the beginning, you don't because, you know, you have nothing to lose, right? The Slumberjack project isn't anything or the Rufus project wasn't anything. You just sit down, bunch of mates, writing music together, and then it popped off. Mm. And now you're like, shit, we have expectations. We get, our, we get every, the fans, we get whoever, and then, and then you have your own. 
And that's where like, I think things start falling apart and you just have this huge struggle between yourself and, and, and you know, who you want to be as a musician. Mm. So th- the trip definitely took us away for a bit and we had to focus on the present. I mean, a crocodile was just about to jump on the boat and eat us. Like, that's nothing more present than that, mm-hmm. right? And that kind of teaches to channel that feeling into the studio. And I, I've been still, I think Fletcher and I have still been trying to do that ever since coming back from mm. Sarawak. Just, I think, re- reliving the, the, the feeling of yeah. how it feels to live in the moment. And you only care about the second. Yeah. So yeah. what's the biggest thing you think you've learned from that? I mean, you've, you mentioned that you've got some demos already, mm. despite the EP only being out for a couple of weeks. Are you already thinking about another EP? Are we talking an album here? Are we... I am not sure that we're ready to do an album yet. Mm, uh, same. Yeah, I think I think we're definitely going to just... We, we want to out, up the output of music. So mm. I think we want to try and be a little bit more casual about our releases. You know, in the past, we we put so much... We place so much importance on every song, um, which is great because every song feels like a big deal. But I think we want to just have the freedom to be able to put out a little three-track thing and not have to have this giant campaign behind it and this make it a whole big deal. We can just put out music and just have something for the fans to listen to. And mm. and if they like it, they like it. If they don't, then we'll be putting out something again soon. I don't think mm. that we should be locked down to doing an EP once every two years. Mm. You know? yeah. I think we do our best work that way. Yeah. Because then there's less pressure on each release. You can really write from the heart and not have to en- engineer. Yeah, that's the word I hate using. En- engineer a song. Mm. You know, you're supposed to just write it. Um, yeah, that's basically what we want to do. As far as you two communicating about that, you know, you're about to start this tour. When you wrap it up, do you sit down and go, oh, should we start doing more? Or is it like you said, when you kind of just look at each other and you know now's the time to start doing something? Mm. Or do you kind of have these goals set in line? I mean, writing music is always... Yeah, true. I mean, writing music is always the default. So if we're not doing anything else, we know that we need to be writing music. Mm. Uh, and I think that between us, we know that, you know, the next thing that we have to... We know that once we have the music and it's done, then we know what we need to do with it, whether it's going to be a single, uh, a three-track EP, a six-track EP, an album, you know, we'll, it will feel right, you know, whichever of those choices when we see the music finished sitting there. But the first thing for us is always finishing the music. Mm. Yeah. We have yeah. a natural tendency to be progressive though. You know, we look in, we look uh, at what we've done and then just go, let's up the ante mm. and just keep doing that. So just to make sure we have progression. Well, I mean, it's good. Maybe we just shouldn't talk for two years and I'll be able to tell you what you've achieved because yeah. <laughs> January 2017, like that doesn't seem that long ago, but you guys are, are fucking killing it and it's great to see. Thank oh, you. Thank you. That's good to know. It's hard for us to tell sometimes. It's yeah. good to hear from somebody else. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, again, you're playing some of the biggest venues in Australia next month, which is great. awesome. And I can't wait, personally. Well, you're coming, right? Well, obviously. Yes. Can I come like backstage and just hang out with you guys like yeah, all night? Yeah, for sure. Let's do it. We, that's yeah. on record. Please don't edit that out. <laughs> thank you. I got it. Well, guys, thank you so much for coming by. Uh, the tour starts in March. Yeah. Uh, head to themusic.com.au for all the dates. Morgs Fletch, thank you so much, guys. Thank, thank you, you so We'll much. talk soon. Thank yeah. you. Woo!